1: are still here you came back for the next episode how's it going welcome to gamer heroes i'm your host john and my co-host that's right your co-host Derek. <laughs>
0: <laughs> are you gonna introduce yourself yeah what's up guys i'm, I'm Derek. Pe- people might know me i don't know probably not <laughs> uh
1: better known as the star trek dude right
0: i am the star trek dude that is <laughs> that is true uh I am a Trekkie for life, baby. Live long and prosper.
1: Those are good words to <laughs> those are good words to, to live by. So let's start with some news today. Um, I want to talk about the Nintendo Switch because we talk about it a lot and we talk about it on every episode. So let's start <laughs> with
0: that. Yeah, man. I, I, we're, we're probably going to have a lot of Switch conversations <laughs> uh, for the next few weeks, you know, at least until it gets released. Yeah. Um, all the excitement but, uh, wears off. <laughs> yeah, well, right. I mean that that happens. You know, right now it's it's the it's the new hotness, and uh, it'll it'll die down because then we'll have Project Scorpio from from Microsoft, and that will be the new hotness. So, um, but yeah, well, let's let's talk Switch stuff.
1: I would I would still always be be a PlayStation fans. So Scorpio might not be that much hotness. It might be medium. It might be Moderate hotness. Be, yeah, it might be the mild packets at Taco Bell, not the <laughs> album.
0: So, so wait. So, if the if Project Scorpio is the mild, <laughs> is the Switch like
1: medium then, or no, is, the, actually, is the Switch hot sauce? Yeah, the the Switch is totally hot right now. Yeah, it's it's, it's so hot, hot right, right now. now. Oh my god, <laughs> I beat you to it. Um, let's talk about ultimate. Let's talk about Ultra Street Fighter Two. Yes. Mainly, there's one one thing that's really important this week that people have talked about. It's it's the, uh, the first-person mode. So, what are your thoughts on that? Way of the
0: Hado? Is that Hadou? <laughs> Hadou? Hadou? Because Hadouken is what it's named after, so I believe it's Way of the Hadou. I apologize if I'm butchering that. I'm very sorry. Uh, but yeah, man, so it's a first-person mode, and it looks like you can only play as Ryu and Hadouken a bunch of bad guys that are coming after you. It's like an endless runner with Hadoukens.
1: <laughs> I, I personally think it's cool. I, I think it's different and I think it's bringing, if, if you were to bring something new to an old classic this was the system to do it to. I mean
0: I don't know. I'm on the fence about it. I am pumped for the game. I love Street Fighter, especially Super Street Fighter 2. So to see something from that era uh, is really, really exciting. And it looks gorgeous. Um, there's been a video going around, and it, it looks beautiful. It's, it's awesome. Yeah,
1: yeah, that I totally you know, agree with you on that.
0: And you know, they, they have a, you know, a lot of great characters. You can be Evil Ryu, which is very popular. Uh, but the first-person mode, I just... My big question would be, how much did it cost them to develop this mode? Because I feel like the game has to be fairly cheap. Um, you know, it's an old style of video game. I get that it's new, uh, but it's it's old looking and it's based on an old game from the 90s. If it comes in any higher than $30, I don't think people are going to buy it.
1: I, I actually thought it was already rumored to be $39.99. Um. You can check the really? facts on yeah. You can check the facts on that, but I thought if you check, if you googled it, it actually said thirty nine ninety nine on the website. That um, just
0: seems like so much.
1: It, I I totally get what you're saying. It I mean we're <laughs> development wise. I mean we already they probably already had the engine. They already had the software. Um, it was just putting two and two together and working on compatibility feature, compatibility. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of I see where you're coming from, but like I like the the new the new fresh take. I like the innovation that they're thinking. Well, we got these motion controls now, so why don't we take advantage of that? They never did that for Wii. They never did that for Wii U. So this might be the beginning of something new for a lot of these old reboots.
0: I mean, that's a really good point. Yeah, you know, the fact that um, there wa- were no Street Fighter games for Nintendo consoles for the Wii or the Wii U. I mean, Street Fighter V was not a Wii U game. So, I mean, it's good that you point that out. It's a really valid point. I just worry that a game... and Maybe Bomber, Super Bomberman R may run into the same issue because I believe it's also a $40 Over- title. Yeah, that one is the one I'm like, what? Really? Yeah. I do feel like it's a, it's a lot of money, though, for these games that look like... They were designed in the '90s, but now with HD graphics, I'm excited for them, and I will get them both. But I'm probably more on the the fringe Nintendo fanboy um, who's just really excited to play the games.
1: Yeah. Well, you you also brought up a good point earlier. You were saying about the development. You know, maybe we, maybe they could have spent their money uh, development wise on a tournament mode or or something. Um, of of that take I should say but for me it's like the big question is will it be online? Have they confirmed that? Are we going to be able to play online with this game?
0: Yeah I mean I don't know if it includes online play I I haven't really looked that closely into it since there isn't a release date yet I haven't thought too much about it and we still don't know a lot about Nintendo's online services so I hope, it'd be great if it had online play. At the very least, I expect it to have LAN play, or WAN play, um, so that way if you, <laughs> yeah. know, you bring your Switch over to my place, we can play each other, you know?
1: Yeah, no, and and they should do, yeah, that would be so cool. Uh, LAN play would only make the most sense, because you're just playing you know, via Wi-Fi. Um, I, I don't think that would be very hard to program. I was just thinking, like in my head, like what if they had like a tournament mode where, you know, everyone can play a match at the same time if you have four or more, and um, it it'll auto eliminate each other through cool. a tournament. How how cool would that be? Um, I like That's it. wishful. That's total total wishful thinking. So <laughs> I'm actually gonna switch subjects. Bring us. I'm gonna reel us Ooh. back in here. Let's talk about the binding of Isaac. And yeah. it's uh, Afterbirth showing for March 17th.
0: I just I just want to gripe about this for a minute because I pre-ordered this. Um, because, you know, I'm a bit of a, of a sucker for this, but Amazon Prime members, you know, you get 20% off game Good pre-orders. Deal.
1: Good deal. So I pre-ordered
0: it because it was supposed to be a launch title. And, you know, right now, we don't know what the date is. Amazon says March 17th, um, but I've seen some other sites that... You know, are saying that we're actually not 100% sure when it's coming out. Hmm. And that's really disappointing because it's an indie title. And once the bigger titles start to roll, indie titles will you know get less exposure. And for The Binding of Isaac to be a launch day title was a big deal for me because it was one of three games, maybe four games, that I was going to pick up that first weekend. Oh, yeah. And you know, now it's looking like it's going to be at a minimum two weeks out, which is a little disappointing. Um, I don't know. Were you going to get that
1: one? I um, – well, actually, if you guys wanted to play it right now, this the, – the Binding of Isaac is already available on Steam. Um, I, I personally – I probably wasn't going to pick up Binding of Isaac uh, just because I can think of uh, better things to spend $30 on. Um, or is it 40 Yeah. Yeah. I think it's 40 Yeah, $40. So, you know, I obviously I got my heart set on uh, the bigger titles, so I'm kind of just waiting. I'm probably going to put that money towards pre-order on Mario Kart, um, to be yeah. honest with you. Mm-hmm. But I feel like for, for $10 more I get Mario Kart. I'd, I'd rather do that.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I get that.
1: So, um, but there, there
0: are some good launch day titles. I mean, so you've got... Um, uh, well, there's there's Just Dance 2017, which I, I won't be getting, but that's there for especially for kids. Um, there's One Two Switch, which is their big kind of replacement for Wii
1: Sports and Nintendo Land. The thing about uh, that, though um, how how much replayability do you think that has? Honestly, well, it's, it's
0: party games is really what it is. So you know, it's you got. Ten people over for a birthday or some celebration of some kind. It's you know Saturday night or whatever, um, and you play these these games instead of playing Cards Against Humanity or Settlers of Catan. You play One Two Switch.
1: I, I mean I, I totally understand that, but like how many modes are there? Like what are the details on this game? Like I feel like for fifty or is it it's forty nine ninety nine? Is it not?
0: I believe so. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's basically a full
1: price title. For fifty dollars, um, I mean, you better bring <laughs> um, yeah. endless fun. I mean, there better be up week, monthly, or, or every bi monthly <laughs> updates with new games and such.
0: <laughs> I don't know about that, but I do expect there to be a lot of game modes. Um, you know, I'm spe- I'm expecting two dozen game modes uh, wow. for for a, a title like this because it's you know it's two bucks a game and that seems reasonable. Um, you know, but I, th- I definitely think it's it's a party thing. It's it's designed to kind of bring people together and have fun with something that's still a video game rather than it being a
1: tabletop game. So will you be picking that up on launch day? Yeah, I pre-ordered that one. Oh, cool. Well, we yeah. will we will be testing that out and we will be testing your theory of of a couple dozen <laughs> game <laughs> modes. So besides the obvious Zelda Breath of the Wild, of um, course. there's a couple other interesting names on here. I don't think I have looked really much into. I am uh, Satuna. Is that am I saying that
0: correctly? Setsuna? yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I don't know much about it, other than the fact that it looks awesome. Does it? Uh, it, it yeah. It, it, it appears to be a very you know Japanese style game, which is exciting in a different reason for a different reason altogether. Because the Switch is not region locked, um, so there are some games that are coming out only in Japan that if you want to get them you can play them on your North America or European Switch Um, and as someone who's been a Nintendo fan his entire life I might do that just to do it Um, there's been Japanese games I've wanted to play that you couldn't you know um, because of region locking or language barriers because I I don't speak or read Japanese Um, so you know I Am Setsuna is one that I actually might pick up depending on how much I enjoy some of the other games. If The Binding of Isaac gets pushed and ends up falling outside of March, then I'll probably pick up I Am Setsuna since it'll be a launch day in March title.
1: Makes sense. I, I was actually just looking it up, and it looks like it's already available on Steam as well. So
0: Yeah, some of these games are Um, out in different versions. Like you mentioned Binding of Isaac. The version coming to Switch is a unique release of it. It's Afterbirth Plus. And so the version on Switch is not the exact same version, but um, you might be splitting hairs, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, but my my main concern is for the audience listening is that if they wanted to, in a sense, kind of demo the game or check it out, uh, I'd recommend going on Steam and and or at least look. There's at least we know there's footage and trailers from the other games that you can see what that gameplay may look like, um, if you're considering purchasing that. Yeah,
0: I, I appreciate that you check that out because it's it's one I'm definitely looking forward to. Um, then of course you have Skylanders, which has been a very popular franchise. One that I I am not part of, um, but I know is very popular, especially with the the younger crowd. Which is so, kind of Nintendo's wheelhouse.
1: Yeah. Well, they sell a lot of those um, those little figurines, which is very similar to... Um, what were they doing with the, the Mario ones that you were collecting for the DS? Or was that Wii U? Well, yeah. So there's
0: basically like four different versions of this type of game now, right? So you've got Skylanders. Right. Nintendo tried their Amiibo, which yes, um, are Miibo. unique in that... They, they attach to different titles. You know, I can use my amiibo across different titles. Um, my Mario amiibo does something on Mario Kart that's different than Super Mario Maker. Um, Saying, you know, I can use my Pikachu in Smash Brothers, but I can also use it in Pokemon Tournament. Um, so they, they do some different things. And of course, you have Disney Infinity and you have uh, Lego Dimensions. So, so, so that
1: brings up the, the major question can people use their. They're old Skylanders toys or, or compatible pieces for the Switch.
0: I assume so. I, again, Skylanders is not something that I'm really into, but based on what I know about Amiibo and based of what I know um, about Disney Infinity, they are backwards compatible for the figures. Um, cool. you know, all of your Amiibo that currently work on the Wii U... Are compatible with the Switch, whether or not there's a title. You know, like for example, I have the Shovel Knight Amiibo. Now, the sequel to Shovel Knight, Shovel Knight Specter of Torment, will come out in March, um, so I'll be able to use my Shovel Knight Amiibo from my 3DS game on the Switch for the new Switch game, which is which is pretty cool. Um, that is cool. So there's some unique ones. Like there's new Zelda Breath of the Wild Amiibo that are coming out. Um, uh, that are really cool that go with that game and they'll work on the Wii U or the Switch. Um, and Disney Infinity is the same way. You know, they're up to, I think it's 3.0 for Disney Infinity. But you can go and pick up an original release Disney Infinity character like, you know, uh, Mickey, uh like Mickey Mouse, and he'll work on D- Disney Infinity 3.0. Uh, They they just don't work the other way around. So, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah.
1: Totally understandable. Um. Uh, well, tell me so more about... So that leaves about... us with the... <laughs> There's only one more
0: launch day game that, that I know right. of, and that's Super Bomberman R, which I mentioned earlier. Ah. Um, and for those who are Bomberman fans, it looks just like old school Bomberman, you know, kind of top down style like Super Bomberman was on the SNES. Um, but it is, you know, it's a forty nine ninety nine title. Um, I'm a little nervous about the pricing for some of this stuff, while I completely understand sixty dollars titles for full fledged modern games, some of these ones that are indie slash retro, most people, and I'll exclude myself from that th- that group, but a lot of people do not see the same worth in those. So for Street Fighter, for Bomberman, for The Binding of Isaac, people don't put those on the same level as Zelda,
1: Mario Kart, Call of Duty, Halo. I, I kind of agree, though. For $10 more, I can get a game that's um, aesthetically pleasing and has new mechanics, you get what I'm saying, yeah. like that's how now, I feel. I mean, like playability. This is a yeah. brand
0: new game. You know, it's got new mechanics and things like that, but it's designed to be reminiscent of the '90s style Bomberman game, and I'm pumped for that. I think that's awesome. But you know, since Nintendo kind of focuses on the kid market, will a ten-year-old today, a kid that was born in you know 2007, appreciate Super Bomberman R? Um, as much as somebody like me who you know was 10 when the the original super
1: bomberman came out <laughs> so it sounds like you're saying that this game is going to be in a retro style check check back at our old episode i think believe it's episode <laughs> 2 if you want more details retro on gaming. retro styles
0: <laughs> that's right yeah, yeah nice i like it
1: yeah um, got to give your your shameless plugging in there <laughs> 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 well, well, um, Derek, you are very well versed in this, man. What else is coming out in March? What else? All right, so more. we'll finish
0: up. We'll finish up the Switch conversation with a couple more titles that are Mon- March releases. Um, as I mentioned, Shovel Knight: Specter of Torment. If you've never played Shovel Knight, uh, go play it. I don't care what platform you play it on. I love it on my 3DS. That's my sex um, name, by the way. But, Shovel Knight?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> a Spectre of Torment. A Spectre of Torment. <laughs> um, it's a great indie game from Yacht Club Games. Uh, it's done in a retro style, 16-bit style, and the soundtrack is beautiful. It takes advantage of all the old tricks of, you know, being able to jump above the level and things like that. It's a platformer. And go play it, and then get ready for Spectre of, Tor- of Torment, because I'm pumped to play that on the Switch. Um then you have Snipper Clips, which I'm not entirely sure I understand what that is. Um, seems to be in the realm of 1-2 Switch as far as uh, maybe genre of game is concerned. Um, and then there's Has Been Heroes, which uh, is an RPG that is coming out in March as well. So that, that kind of rounds out the Switch conversation, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think you covered it quite well. Um, we have some new, some other news this week. Uh, Pokemon Go has been set for a major update. What did they update? Tell people oh, man. why they should still play. What can keep them?
0: Gen 2, baby. Uh, we now have 80 Generation 2 Pokemon from the uh, Johto region, including a couple more Eevee evolutions, which... Now, get, get your uh, pen and paper out, kids, because <laughs> for those who play Pokemon Go, if uh, you're not aware, you can rename your Eevees to their nicknames. And when you evolve them, the first time that you try it, you'll be able to get their specific evolutions. And this worked for Flareon, Jolteon, and Vaporeon. And it also works for um, Espeon and Umbreon. So their nicknames are Sakura, S a k u r a and Tamao Tameo excuse me Tameo T a m a o and if you name an Eevee one of those two things and evolve it you'll get an Espeon or an Umbreon respectively the first time that you try that name so um, but they they added some other stuff too there's tons of customizations for your avatar there's new clothes that you can uh, you can wear finally it's better than four
1: four options like they originally started out with
0: it's marginally better. They, they do plan to actually open a store. It's not available yet, um, but you'll be able to buy stuff using the in-game coins. Um, so, you know, keep an eye out for that. And then what I think is most interesting for the gameplay itself is they have kind of added some additional mechanics, including two new berry types and then a bunch of different uh, gem-type items. So there's two new berries, a, uh, na- a uh, Nanab? 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 Yeah, berry, I, I, I would pronounce
1: that Nanab, yeah.
0: I, I don't really watch the cartoons. I play the video games, and the games don't speak. It's all, you know, text. So I don't know how to pronounce some of these <laughs> things. But uh, that, that that will slow down Pokemon that you're trying to catch to make it easier. That's And cool. then there's the Pinap Berry, which increases the candy that you'll collect on a successful catch. Um, but they also added gems that are required for certain evolutions. So if you want to evolve Seedra... Not only will you need 100 candy to evolve your Seedra into a Kingdra, but you'll also need a special gem that
1: you'll have to get in the game as well, as just an example. So so that type of mechanic, I feel like that was introduced in X and Y. Was it not? Um, It depends
0: on the Pokemon. You know, you've needed the, um, oh... Was it the Lightning Stone for Pikachu, if I'm yeah, remembering so right? The and then stones, certain Eevees then there have was needed the in the past. The fossils the old ones. Th- Thunderstone, not Lightning Stone, the, the Thunderstone. Right. Um, you know, different Eevees would, you know, if in certain conditions would evolve a particular way. You know, there's. Pokemon has really tried to make it more simple than you hit a certain level and it evolves, right? In order to get your Machoke to right. evolve into a Machamp, you had to trade it. Um, you know, and different things like that. Pokemon Go doesn't have that, at least today. So they are adding some of these different gems and items that um, are needed to get an evolution to take place. It's not for everything, um, it's only for certain Pokemon.
1: So, what I say in my, just kind of like, as a, uh, used to be a, a very big Pokemon Go player, and I feel like it's still a missed opportunity even to this point, is. Why is why have, why have they not opened the doors on trading? Why is this not a thing yet?
0: I, I would think that you, me, and everybody else is in the same boat there. Um, well, but I'm excited for the Gen 2 Pokemon. These.
1: It's exciting, but if you really want to spark interest and you want to bring new people back, we need to bring something really, really new to the table, or at least something that's worth coming back. Um, Second Gen Pokemon is very great. That is a good start. But my question, though, is you know, when are we going to get this? You've talked... It's been almost... How long has the game been out now? I'd say probably... Uh, July. It was early July. Okay, so. so we're still within like eight months. We're not in... We're, we're still under a year, right?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well under a year. I mean, we're, we're looking at six months. Um, it is a little weird that we don't have trading. We don't have PvP. Um, you know, there's really no social features in the game whatsoever, which... Is a little strange because you know, we all game, have,
1: isn't
0: it? you know, basically <laughs> gamer tags and things like that, but they don't mean anything. Um, so, you know, I think that stuff is coming, but it's just a matter of when and will they keep people interested? I will say that today, when that, um, when the update happened, or yesterday for those listening to this on release day, um, the servers were. Crawling just like they did back when the game first launched. So
1: oh, adding
0: promising. the Gen 2 Pokémon, yeah, I mean, it sparked interest. People paid attention. People jumped back on. And I know I did. I had kind of slowed my play because I had captured, you know, I, my, my Pokédex was two-thirds full, and I had kind of gotten to the point where it was boring trying to find the few Pokémon I was missing. Um, but now, you know, there's new Pokémon. I already I got two or three in the 20 minutes that I
1: played uh, this evening.
0: So... You know, it's it's it'll get people to play
1: again. So so as an avid player, and I, don't, I don't, this will be my last question for you, someone who's continuing to play. Does this make it a little more fun for you? Does this make it a, a reason for you to open up Pokemon Go next time you go to a restaurant or you're sitting at home?
0: I mean, it is. Yeah, I will definitely be checking it out more like I used to uh, because the odds of finding a new Pokemon or one that I want to get candy from to evolve is much higher. You know, from the first gen, you know, there's a lot of I need 100 candy to evolve or I need 400 candy to evolve my Magikarp. And it's just a grind. But now there's, you know, 80 new Pokemon. A bunch of them are going to be first level evolutions that I can find just walking around. So I'm definitely going to play more now.
1: Okay, well, I, I, you've convinced me, Derek. I, I think I might just pick it up again. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know um, obviously, the winter has a lot to do with uh, going out and getting Pokeballs, but we're in Kansas, folks, and the winter, for some reason, is 70 degrees this, <laughs> this week. Right, right. So get yeah. back out there. That's awesome. Um, so, Derek, I want to talk about something very dear to my heart, something very close as a kid, I grew up, who would have thought Naughty Dog would have, would have turned into such a successful company, but I grew up playing as playing Crash Bandicoot. They've finally given us a release date, and they've given us a price tag. We're looking at June 30th for $39.99. We get to play all three original games, Crash Bandicoot, Crash Bandicoot 2, Cortex Strikes Back, and Cat, uh, Crash Bandicoot Warped. These were awesome games back then. Um, the closest thing I could ever get to playing them now is playing the fourth Uncharted. There is an actual fun little uh, little thing that Naughty Dog put in there where you can play Crash Bandicoot and try to get a high score, but I am super stoked to get HD graphics and, and just get back in there. Have you played these before?
0: So here's the thing. I, I've played them very... I played the first one very, very briefly. Um... I did not own any PlayStations until much much later. I got that Shame reissue. On you. Well, I was I was a Nintendo home and so I got the PS1. Now, not the original PlayStation. I'm talking the little PS1 that you could get that external screen for. Um that came out yeah, a few yeah, years Yeah, yeah, the gimmicky
1: one. <laughs> hey man, <laughs> Just that was <laughs> a
0: It was a PlayStation, dude. It was it was great. The controllers were slick. I actually liked it a lot. Yeah, uh, but it was, it was much later. Cool. And you know, by then, you know there was the Xbox, and you know, games just kind of grew on. Um, I never had a PS2 or a PS3, so you know, I missed Crash Bandicoot for the most part. Um, so I'm really excited to have a chance to play these games on a modern console, uh, you know, kind of fresh. Oh, so oh, my, definitely. my question to you, John, as <laughs> yes. a Crash Bandicoot fan. Since you're a Crash Bandicoot fan, and this game has been, or these three games, have been completely remastered just across the board. New lighting, animation, cinematics, soundtrack, everything. It's been enhanced for 4K, and specifically for the PS4 Pro. Do you think that a game like this would get hardcore fans to
1: upgrade from a regular PS4 to the Pro? Um, personally speaking, no. Um, it's not enough. It's not enough to make me go, well, I really want to play this, so I might as well go to the Pro. And I'll tell you why. Number one, we're, they're probably going to release it at some point on their store. I, I feel like that's going to happen. That's the next step. It'll be available for a digital download within a year. I'm calling it now, within a year. Um, I'm not going to personally upgrade because I have a perfectly working fine working PS4 and I don't have a 4K setup so I don't really have any reasons to upgrade my entire entertainment system <laughs> just to play <laughs> Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> <Planet Coup. laughs> I would rather launch Uncharted 4 again <laughs> and play it on that. But it, it gives me hope that they're going to start bringing back things like um, I'm really hoping for uh, what was the dog name? I can't it's for some reason it just escaped my mind. Ah, the hip hop dog. The the dog name? Yeah. Man. I have
0: no idea what you're talking
1: about. Ah <laughs> oh, man I f I've I'm so drawing a blank and I've played it so many times. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna move on past this. But Alright. Well then let me let me ask let me
0: ask you this. As as you know, since I never really played the games, do you think that the fact that the games will support the old analog stick control do you think that's significant?
1: Absolutely. They're, they were doing... Uh, before they were... I guess the functions for that... If you if you haven't played the game, it's hard to describe. So the mechanics are... He, he can spin, he can jump, and there are scenes where the camera view comes behind. So you're looking at him face-to-face, and he's coming towards the screen. So I think having that function is very nice, considering... <laughs> it, it sometimes it gets a little confusing whether you're pressing forward or down for him to come towards you you know so i think to keep it in right. keep it keep it uh consistent as to the old ones where it'll be very easy for for old fans to jump in there um and not have not not have new buttons controls to to learn or whatnot but mm-hmm. yeah i i i think um i'm super excited about it because it gives us a lot of hope but I don't think I'll be upgrading for it, but I, I I'm very probably eighty six percent sure that they will release this at least one of those games on the PlayStation Store at one point at some point within the year.
0: Well, no, I, I imagine that the whole thing will be released on, on, for for digital because um, this is a full title that that'll be for sale, so they they want you to buy it digitally too. So. I It'll be available on June thirtieth. Um, it's just that I guess if you if you own the PS4, you'll get some enhanced 4K graphics. Right.
1: Right. I, I so. mean, I don't have a pro or 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 whatnot, but I feel like um, you know, as long as we're able to play the game, 4K is not really a concern for a game that's you know back from the '90s. I, I know it's cleaned up; it's more polished. <laughs> but in the end of the day. You know, I always run Half-Life 2 on my supercomputer here, and it's still Half-Life 2. It's still Half-Life 2. That's exactly right. Well, that's a running joke. so we gotta keep that joke going for all of our fans out there. Um Alright, so let me um
0: let, let let's uh we were spending a lot of time on news. So we got a couple more things to, to look at real quick. Um let's talk Bethesda.
1: Yes. Let's talk specifically now, Prey. <laughs> they've, got, they've got a
0: new game. New game coming out that you're very excited about. I'm on the fence about. And it's called Prey. So why don't so it comes out May 5th for the PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Sixty dollar title, normal normal title. John, why don't you pitch this game to me? Why should I be more excited about Prey?
1: Okay, number one. It is Sci-fi. You love sci fi, man. Who doesn't love sci-fi? I do. I do. Um, and number two, when has Bethesda, Bethesda, however you want to call it, when have they ever disappointed? <laughs> never. I have never been disappointed with a title from Bethesda. Although Skyrim was not as great as Oblivion in my opinion, it was still a great uh, game. I agree. It was still a great game. Yeah. <laughs> I mean you can't sit there and say at no by no means that it wasn't a great game. Um, but, but some of the things that are cool about this story. So let's, let's talk about the story a little bit more. So it is another first-person shooter. And I think Bethesda does really well when it comes to first-person shooters because they, they really nail the – something that's very unique to them is like uh, in Fallout, when you're walking, you feel weighted. You feel heavy. You know what I mean? They're really good at simulating real feel. Um, I I don't know how else to describe it. <laughs> Does that make sense? Fair enough. I, I think so. I think so. Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing for me, though, is there's going to be zero gravity stations in this game. There are going to be creatures we've probably never seen in any other game. Um, and these aliens are also going to be... Looks like you're going to have the ability to become or mimic an alien, uh, most importantly, the coolest part about this—I I can't even talk. There's so much cool things, but the coolest thing is you can actually mimic any any item, even something like a chair or a can. You can mimic a can. You can become a can.
0: <laughs> Tell me that's not cool. Well, it's it's good it's good to know that you have high video game dreams and aspirations, John. Listen, when
1: you're you, running from yeah. an alien,
0: you want to become a can sometimes. Uh, okay, so okay, let me let me tell you my gripe with the game. What's your gripe? Um, it doesn't look different enough from Alien Isolation.
1: I could agree and with that.
0: Ali- Alien Isolation is a totally different company. It was cre- uh, cre- uh, yeah Creative Assembly, I believe. Yeah. And um, you know, it's it's a similar graphic style. It looks like the gameplay is very similar. It's that. Line between sci-fi and horror, um, you know. There's a lot of cat and mouse and things of that nature. You know, the aliens that you're going up against are much uh, much badder than you are. Um, you know, this is not Halo where you have overshields and a million rounds at at your hip. Um, and so for me, this seems like Bethesda went well. Alien Isolation looked really cool. Let's just make our own game that is the same basic concept, and we'll just you know, make it look original, and so I'm not sure I want to drop sixty bucks on Alien Isolation
1: 1.5. I I mean that's a very good point. Um, while there are some aliens that look very similar to Alien Isolation and the the franchise, but <laughs> these there are some new things in the trailer that you will have never seen before. We're talking bigger creatures, we're we're talking with this mimic ability. You wouldn't even be able to spot some of them. I'm sure they have a mechanic where you can find them or see them through some kind of ability, but I'm just saying like if you're talking about survivor horror horror, excuse me, or just the the intensity of, of feeling like you need to survive, I feel like it's gonna it's gonna bring that. Um, I haven't quite played Alien Isolation yet, so I can't really speak for the game at this moment, <clears throat> but I think based on the trailers and what I've seen from Alien Isolation, I, I think it would be enjoyable. It looks terrifying. The settings are, are dark, and you, you've, you've attested for this before, but you're, you're a mere human, and I feel like uh, being a human can sometimes be frustrating because you really can't do anything by them mm-hmm. adding these these abilities and having zero gravity sh- – basically zero gravity stations, which is where if, if you play Dead Space, those scenes were really co- – those parts were really cool but really hard because you're in a zero gravity ch- chamber and these creatures are coming at you and you're, you're trying to dodge them and, and do all these sorts of things. So I think they brought enough um, diversity to the table that will make it – set it apart from – um, alien Isolation and, and particularly that, that mimic ability I think is really cool.
0: Fair enough. Alright, so let, let, let's uh, let's talk about this then. Is it worth the pre-order bonus of the Cosmonaut Shotgun Pack? No. No. Okay, so it's I, not. <laughs> I wanted to argue, but no. I just think it's, you know, look. If you want to pre-order a game because you want to get the discount through Amazon or Best Buy, if you're on their respective clubs, uh, I get that. Right? Money is money, and if you can get 20% off a game, then hey, more power to you. But I feel like this pre-order bonus is just kind of lame. It's
1: weak. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that. Like, I, I, I'm going to get the game, but I'll probably wait till it goes on sale. I'm excited for it. I want to play it. But I'm going to wait till it goes on sale just because, um, like you said, the pre-order bonuses aren't there. Other than the discount that Amazon provides for you, that's that's one incentive. But, I mean, here's another thing, and I'm just going to say it now. The game has chosen to not, the developers have chosen to not include any type of multiplayer. This is only a single-player game. There is no other type of mode. How do you feel about that? Yeah
0: I'm totally fine with it. Um, I think this idea that every single game has to have a big massive multiplayer online mode uh, dilutes the games you know um, more people play Halo and Call of Duty for the multiplayer than they do the story and while you know Halo is still going strong with their story, Call of Duty has lacked Definitely. over recent years. Um, I think story is important. Video games became what they are because they were able to tell great stories and have great characters. Um, it's not as simple as Donkey Kong throwing barrels at Mario anymore. <laughs> it's not like that. you know. Now we need narrative. We need personality. I mean, you look at a game like Overwatch and those characters are so vivid. They're so real. They're so... Relatable and fun that it makes the game that much more interesting. Now, it is a multiplayer game. There is no campaign. But Blizzard started with the story. They started with, here's who the characters are and here's why you care about them. Um, if Bethesda looked at Prey and said, this is the story we want to tell. This is the game we want to make. And then someone went and said, well, but there's no multiplayer and they said, well, we don't we don't have an idea for multiplayer, then that's a good reason to just keep it out. Um, video games shouldn't have anything that is really a requirement. You don't have to have DLC. You don't have to have skins and multiplayer and voice chat. You don't have to have these things. I don't have to get achievements in a game to want to play a game. Um, so... I'm of the opinion that if they didn't think it needed a multiplayer,
1: then I hope it's a good campaign. And if it's a strong campaign, I won't care. That's I was just about to say that. I, you nailed it, man. I feel like you gotta. If you're gonna, if you're gonna sacrifice, it's a give and take. You know, if you want that FPS, you want that frames per second, you're gonna have to give up your graphics. <laughs> you know, it's the same thing. And I think it's, uh, it's exactly what what we're going through here is. If you if you want an awesome campaign and you want to focus on the, um, the mechanics of the game and the story and, um, you know you, you want to tell a really good story you're, excuse me I said that twice but, you want to you want to just get back to your roots, you got to give up something and I think it it was probably a bold decision it was very ballsy of them to, to do that to come out and say hey we're not going to do multiplayer we don't think it's necessary um. It's making me think here. Does Alien Isolation offer mu- multiplayer by any chance? No, but
0: it did have some DLC gotcha. um, that you know included like the original, you know, uh, Ripley and things like that. Um, and that's not to say that Prey won't have DLC down the road. Yeah. But you know, games like that they they don't necessarily they need, don't the need the multiplayer. It. That's
1: exactly what I'm getting at. It's like Dead uh, look at the Last of it. Us. Oh yeah, definitely.
0: You know, the Last of Us for me is absolutely, hands down, one of the best games I've ever played.
1: Definitely. Um, Naughty dog. (laughs) and I mean,
0: you know, hail to them. It was phenomenal. There's no multiplayer. There's no online community. There's a story, and you play through this story, and it's phenomenal, and that is all I need. Absolutely. So, alright. So we are deep into things. We did have (laughs) a topic that wasn't, you know, just all over the place. So, We did want to talk about DLC, though, because it just came out this past week that Zelda Breath of the Wild will have DLC and a season pass from day one, Um, and people responded to that in different ways, and we're going to talk about DLC and why it's sometimes okay and sometimes it's not. So, let me ask you, John. Yeah. What what for you do you feel when you hear that
1: a game in general has DLC do you have, do you feel positive or no so there's two feelings that go there's two things that go over my head number one is how much is that going to cost and number two is how awesome is that DLC going to be is it is it going to be worth the cost is it something like I, I will give you an example Injustice last year uh, or a few years ago sorry a couple years ago um some of the DLC was great. Others, I could give two shits about. Um, I personally fell into the trap of paying for the season pass. And out of the five or four characters they offered, two of them were cool. The rest of them were shit. So in, in my opinion, <laughs> I, I learned my lesson. I won't be buying passes anymore. Um, but sometimes there are, there are times where they twist your arm and they make it seem where if you want, you can't pick and choose. It's either all or nothing. Um, and I actually want to bring that up. Breath of the Wild, Zelda Breath of the Wild, has actually chosen to do DLC, um, an all or nothing pack as well. Did you hear about that?
0: Now, when, when you say all or nothing, what do you what do you mean by that?
1: You have to buy the season pass. You can't just pick parts of the DLC, like um, Injustice particularly. I can't, you know... <clears throat> you couldn't mm. just pick um, I just want Lobo I just want this person they were all part of a pack
0: right, right um,
1: you know, I I think
0: it's it's hard to compare a campaign style game to a fighting game because it's a lot more piecemeal um, Mortal Kombat and, and Injustice are really good examples of that, you know, characters and skins and voice work and things like that, whereas
1: a game like Zelda is going to have story added to it. Um, well, let, let, yeah. let me let me backtrack a little bit. So, if if you want to talk about apples to apples, then so you you mentioned Last of Us. So Last of Us has only one DLC. So that's okay. That's justifiable. We love the game and we want to play it. It's one DLC, right? When you look at a game like, um, let me see, like let's do let's do Call of Duty. Would would that be a better comparison? What do you think would be a uh, I mean, Call of Duty definitely
0: had that. Um, I think that uh, Destiny did too. Here, here's where the question really comes down to, though. When is it DLC? That's that's a money grab, and when is it an expansion? That's, because I feel like yeah. a game like The Last of Us uh, Left Behind was really an expansion. It was a campaign. It was a
1: companion story.
0: It didn't feel like DLC. That's different.
1: Yeah, I would say that's different, um, and that's not. Yeah, there's a line that should be drawn there. I wouldn't consider that. That's totally different, man. I, I I'm not at a loss for words. I'm just trying to formulate these this sentence in a way that makes sense for you guys. Expansion. So I think for me, yeah, go ahead. Man. Here's here's
0: here here's how I would I would frame it. An expansion is a extension of the original game. The original game was a full encompass completed unit. The story was done. The characters were done. The mechanics were done. And you had this self-sustaining thing. Okay. It was Halo. It was Age of Empires. Um, and it was Mario Kart. And that was a game. And then they decided, hey, this game has been, this This game is, is done. It's great. What can we add to it? People really love it. What, what do they want? What are responses we're getting? Oh, in Mario Kart, they want to be able to race as other characters or, um, you know, in Age of Empires, they want to have these additional civilizations. How can we add to the already existing game in a way that expands on it and adds depth to the game? Um, so, you know, Age of Empires has had, Age of Empires 2, that is, has had many expansions over the years, even one very recently on Steam, where they just add more campaign story, they add more civilizations. Um, on the flip side, Nintendo released DLC for Mario Kart 8 for the Wii U. So you could, you know, race as Link, and you could race as Animal Crossing characters. Um, these things for me were... Were, were, were very different because the games were done. And when a game that's $60 announces before its release that they have season passes lined up with tons of content, it leads me to believe that the game wasn't really done yet.
1: I totally agree. I think you summed up exactly what I was trying to say earlier. <laughs> is is you you, you <laughs> held back stuff? They held back stuff on purpose, um, as opposed to, like you said, completing the game. And that's why I feel like The Last of Us, that DLC, I wouldn't even consider it a DLC. Like an expansion adds to it. It makes the game better. It it, it contributes to the game, not yeah. necessarily in a sense where it's just like. It, they added some cool feature, and you can only get this feature if you buy it. Like you have to pay extra to get this feature, and that's the thing that kind of frustrates me when it comes to to DLC and downloadable stuff um, in general. I feel like a lot of companies For, do that, not just games. <laughs> so I mean, it's
0: it's true, and it, it, it kind of depends how important the new content is to the game. You know, if we're talking about fighting games, you know. You can't have the pinnacle most popular characters be DLC, right. because if, when you do, that's a money grab. You're saying we want sixty bucks, and then we want another three ninety nine, so you can play the character we already knew you wanted to play. <laughs>
1: yeah, that would be like if Street Fighter was like, we're just going to put Ryu <laughs> on DLC as DLC,
0: right? Um, you know, and so Mario Kart, okay, one of the DLCs was Animal Crossing. I don't play Animal Crossing. So you don't need it. I am not... I'm not going to miss anything by not racing as those characters. Um, but then again, they were really cheap. Um, it was like 3 or four ninety nine to get the DLC for Mario Kart 8. And so I did it in case any friends ever wanted to race as those characters. Because so, the DLC was f- 4 bucks, wh- It wasn't 20 or $30. Let me
1: ask you this, Derek. So wh- when we're talking about purchasing individual... Downloadable contact versus season passes and packs, should we say. Don't you think that's a money grab? That's a tw- an arm twister? Hey, this pack includes, and I keep saying pack because sometimes they'll they'll put all these things together. Like they'll do a skin, they'll do a racer, they'll do stuff like that. Um, an extra audio clip, an extra video, or, or some new gallery things. Um, they'll do stuff like that in a pack, and they'll say... You know, if you want these three character or you want this one character, but you have to buy this pack and it comes with three three characters and these skins and all this other stuff that you don't really want. Don't you feel like they're twisting your arm? Like season passes for for, for instance.
0: Um I mean it,
1: it depends on
0: the situation. Um for me, I think like here you go. Here here's here's an example that really bothers me. Um uh, Madden so I'm a big football fan. At least I have been. Uh, I'm a little burned out on the sport recently. But uh, I, I played the Madden games for a really long time. I, I used to buy them every other year because um, the games didn't change much year to year. It was really just rosters. So every other year I'd buy it. And a few years back when you know the online community started to be more stable, it was determined that online play would include uh, bonuses, bonuses. Uh, boosters, and you could buy basically like digital card packs where you could boost individual players. You could boost their speed, or their tackling, or their catching, or you know accuracy and things of that nature. And it became that online play was pay to win.
1: Right. I hate that.
0: You know, and and here I am spending sixty bucks on a game licensed by the most profitable nonprofit in history. Uh, which is the NFL. And I can't even play an even playing field online without throwing down cash to get booster packs. And that really bothered me. When a game is pay to win, after I already bought the game, uh, that's a money grab and it's it gets me to stop playing. And I have. I have not bought a Madden game in a few years now. That's a really good so, point. Yeah. You know that that would be a big a big example for me um, because again it, it depends on why you're paying. Um, you know Blizzard, I, I use them as an example a lot. You know they have uh, Overwatch as a full price game. It's fifty bucks or sixty bucks depending on which version you want, and that's it. You can buy loot boxes, loot crates, um, but it's all cosmetic. That's all it is. It's cosmetic. I love that you could spend a you can spend a thousand dollars and it's just cosmetic. So you can do it. You can not do it. It's up to you. And if you spent a thousand dollars and I didn't spend anything, you do not have any advantage over me. If we go head to head, it's just whoever's better. And if you played more than me, then that's you know obviously different. But it's not pay to win. Um, you could argue that Hearthstone is a little pay to win. Um, because you have to play an awful lot to get enough gold to really buy packs in-game. So there's some argument there. My my thought process is DLC should expand on the game. It should make the game experience richer and fuller. It shouldn't make it easier for you to win.
1: Right. Right. I, I think <laughs> Overwatch did it, like, <laughs> it's so simple, It's it's new. You know what I mean? It's like, they they took first person shooter because Call of Duty kind of slated this whole, well you have to be on a certain level to have cool stuff, so you'll just be dominating everybody until they reach your level, and and Overwatch is like no we're gonna we we don't care about that stuff we're gonna focus on the actual player I that's why I love Overwatch so much is it it boils down to who is actually a better player who actually plays the game and like you said they don't twist your arm on 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 getting cool stuff or, or buying extra stuff. You don't have to do that because you can you can unlock a lot of these things. They actually give you crates every time you level up. So those are some of the right. things yeah, I mean yeah. I feel I feel like games like um like that and, and Pokemon Go is a good example. You don't need to buy Pokeballs. You don't need to buy lures. You don't really need to buy any of that stuff. It can be a free game. You can still enjoy the game um by going to a stop and, and getting all of that stuff or it, it might take longer, but there there is still that playability um <laughs> yeah that there is nothing more frustrating than than locking you i should say locking you in a, in a place where you can't compete with other people because you don't have enough cash or because you don't have the coolest shit or you're not on the coolest you're not on the highest level those are some of those things like like um that's become a standard and i'm glad these games are breaking away from it for once
0: yeah, yeah, no, I'm totally with you there. So, you know, I, I think that um, DLC is not inherently bad. I think that being able to take the success of your game and reinvest in it by giving the consumer more is great. And it's really appreciated. I mean, the fact that I can still get expansions to Age of Empires 2 is really exciting. It's one of my favorite games ever. Definitely my favorite RTS and... Um, to know that people still care about it 15, 16 years later to keep making expansions is, is really cool. Um, that I appreciate, but selling me part of a game so you could get it out. So that way you could sell me the rest of it later. know, um, yeah, That's, that's where you run into tr- some trouble uh, making me pay in order to keep up with the other players. Um, you know, those types of things are, are definitely a problem. And uh, cosmetic stuff is fun, you know. If you really want to get a particular skin for a character, then by all means, you know, go and spend your money in Overwatch and and buy the the skin or the loot crates and, and all of that. But at the end of the day, that doesn't make you a better player Absolutely. than me. And that's what matters.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's uh, EA is <laughs> EA is very notorious for for doing that. Just that is making you okay oh, yeah. to. To, I mean, at that point, you're you're really not enjoying the game, because a lot of a lot of the appeal is to play online, is to <laughs> test your your skills, right? And like you said, yep. man, there's no way there's no way you can do that when when the game is rigged in a sense. Um,
0: and when you know when it comes to the fighting games, you know if you have the patience, you know wait it out and buy the ultimate edition, you yep. know a year later for 20 bucks or less and it'll come with everything
1: that's true that's true that's what i did for diablo (laughs) and i I mean don't get me wrong i i played the shit out of diablo 3 like no other right and the moment that they announced the uh what was it what was the last one the i have it yes reaper of souls i can't believe i have it right downstairs right underneath my feet um The Reaper of Souls, I wanted to buy it, but I had already played the game so much at that point that like, I felt like nothing could make it fun again, and I picked it up recently again, uh, Reaper of Souls. Oh my god, I so regret it. (laughs) That whole new expansion is so much better. It was an actual it's expansion, good. and and yeah. new character, and new 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 sites to visit. It was really cool. New and uh, actually new level too. They actually added a new level, so
0: that's yeah. I, and I, I think that that's a really good example.
1: So that's Blizzard um, doing it right again. That's Blizzard. <laughs> Blizzard has it. I I will not say they do it right for World of Warcraft because. World of Warcraft is kind of a joke. Let's be honest. Um, Well,
0: I mean, it's still the king of MMOs, so you can't take that away from them. It's uh, the
1: first really big one. It's it's like the it's like the big fish in the little pond.
0: It's it's still king. You know, its numbers may be down from its peak, but it's still king. And um, you know, they they put out an expansion, and there's nothing wrong with that because they add story, they add. Characters. They add regions, and I think that's the right way to do it. Um, you know, I'm of the opinion that if you're going to charge 12 bucks a month, then maybe I shouldn't have to buy expansions on that's top of I that. That's how I look at it.
1: That's but, the joke
0: part. <laughs> you know, that's that's a whole MMO conversation because you have games like you know Star Wars and Star Trek. They're MMOs that um, they go free to play, and yeah, they might have a few hundred thousand uh, people playing them, but you know, WoW still has millions. So, okay, but is Star um,
1: Trek charging you for a subscription? No, ad? it's it's it, it's
0: it's free to play, but you know you have to buy certain things in the game. Um, you know, so it it varies. But my point is just that going free to play doesn't necessarily do you any good because you know Blizzard has WoW with I don't know what six six million seven million subscribers. Um, they don't really have a reason to go free to play when they still have twelve times. The number of players as anybody else who is free. is free-to-play. I get that.
1: Why, why, why reduce your prices? Why not charge when people are willing to pay? I, I understand that theory. Um, I'm saying for people like me, there's it's not worth it to me. Um, I would prefer to play the free to play. And a good example is a DCU online. <laughs> I'll play the shit out of that game. I love that game, and um, I don't feel bad about it. Like and and actually, that was an instance when. You know that game when that game first came out, you had to pay for it, right? It was an actual release, and yeah. um, I bought yeah. the game sixty dollars for PlayStation Three, and literally within the same year, by the holiday season, it was on the the network and free, and you could not yeah. you could not sell that game because it was all online, and the only reason you had the disc basically was so that the game ran faster. <laughs> So. no man I, I look I, I started Star Trek
0: online in the beta and I bought a lifetime subscription because it was not free to play right. when it originally launched um, you know and they eventually went free to play but I had some some time in there and, that, and that's fine. but you know the way Wow does it, you think that if they have six million subscribers, let's just use that number for a minute. they're making a, over 700 million a year just from those subscribers
1: yeah they, they they have no reason to not charge those people
0: <laughs> you know so you know it it's hard to look at that number and be like nah <laughs> yeah who's going to go
1: you know what we'll make this free i, I think by by maybe I I don't know, you you can probably contest this, because you've been to BlizzCon a lot, and you know how they operate better than I do, but I think maybe those WoW people are kind of supporting us for other games like Overwatch and Diablo, and they're making it, (laughs) you know what I mean, they're making up for it, they're like, well, we'll make this stuff primarily free, (laughs) because we've got all the money for these fuckers over there at the
0: WoW, (laughs) I mean, I think think that you're right to an extent. It allows them to be freer with things. They have a little more flexibility because they have the WoW base to fall back on. Um, You know, and you get games like Heroes of the Storm that is free to play. Um, You know, if you're patient, you don't have to spend money in Heroes of the Storm. The same goes for Hearthstone. And when you buy Diablo, Overwatch, and StarCraft, you own those games and you get the full game. So... You know, Blizzard has tried basically three different methods of selling a game. And um, four, if you want to say Overwatch, is a little different with the Loot Crates. And they've all been very successful. So, you know, they they do what works for the game. But uh, I think we are basically hitting our time for this week, dude.
1: We are basically hitting it? All right, man, let's go and end it. I'm going to plug it for us. You guys can find (laughs) us on social media. Uh, before we talk about our most anticipated games coming out soon, um, we're at Heroes Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch. Please go to Twitch. Please watch. Please, please share. Please comment. I don't care what you say. Say I'm ugly. Say I'm an idiot. I just want you to watch it or listen to it. Um, you can also find us. Uh, uh, I
0: will say this: we have. Oh yeah. We we have a brand new newsletter uh, that goes out weekly. And uh we are going to be running hopefully soon a contest for newsletter subscribers. So go to heroespodcast.com slash newsletter and sign up today to make sure that you get in on that uh if and when that time
1: comes. So Well, that's always nice <clears throat> nice good information, but, uh, people. Please look at the newsletter. <laughs> And we're, we're
0: also, you know, we're on iTunes and Google Play and all that stuff. So, you know, check us out. Um, drop us a review. If you, if you drop us a review on iTunes, we will give you a shout out on the show. So please check that out. Uh, John, what, what game are you most anticipating next? What are you excited about?
1: Um, honestly, since we're getting closer, we're within two weeks now of the Switch. Um, I'm waiting for Zelda. So, and I, I haven't played the series. Um, I've played the very first one on on a long, long time ago. I played one on Nintendo sixty four a long time ago, and I haven't played one since. So that's my most excited. You talking about Ocarina of Time? You played Ocarina of yeah, Time? Yeah, yeah, that's the one,
0: the one that was gold. Well, you know that, that the gold one. That one, uh, there was a gold version yeah. of it. Yeah, uh, you know, a lot of people regard that as one of the best video games of all time. I wouldn't say um, that. It was great. So, but. Um, I'm excited for it. Well, I <laughs> I'm in the same boat. I'm in the same boat. Switch is 2 weeks away. It's the big launch title. If you're getting a Switch, you're getting Zelda. So, that's what I'm looking forward to. The map is massively huge and I'm really excited to explore. So, well said. So that's it for us guys. Uh, we will be back next week. I don't know what we're going to be talking about yet, but we will figure that out. Um, And I guess, you know, thanks for listening in. We'll catch you guys next time.